This is Todd from the Junkyard Outreach. Welcome, and thanks for joining me. For more information and episodes, check out junkyardoutreach.com. Psalm 28, verse 1. Of David, to you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the work of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build them up no more. As I was reading Psalm 28, something got my attention, and I was reading it in a different translation. What grabbed me was in verse 3, where it says, workers of evil. And in the translation I was reading, it says, workers of iniquity. And as I read that, I immediately thought back to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, where it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Or in the translation that I was reading, the workers of iniquity. So Psalm 28 and Matthew 7, they kind of connected with me in that moment. And one of the things that I noticed was Jesus said, depart from me, versus Matthew eleven twenty eight, where he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's an open invitation for everybody to come to him. And in Matthew 7, and the context of this appears to be judgment, he says, I never knew you, compared to, I don't know you. Someone who has been known, but who has walked away and went back into that previous life, and you say, I don't even know you anymore. That's not what it appears to be here. It appears that they never had a relationship with Jesus. But on the outside, it appears that they thought that they did. And they were doing things that would be consistent with that, but they didn't know him. And so workers of iniquity are characterized in Psalm 28 by two things. Those who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts, and those who do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands. Now, anyone who served in ministry for any amount of time can likely think of a fellow servant who resembles these people, but the real challenge for the believer is that we ourselves are not in this category. We don't want to be these people. We want to be people who know Jesus. And how easy is it to harbor evil in our hearts? we do. So we can speak peace with our neighbors and we can harbor evil in our hearts. And for me, that's a continual battle to clear my mind and get it off of the things that God hates. And I have to hate those evil things. As it says in Proverbs 8.13, to fear the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech. I hate, so I have to do that. Therefore, my focus should not be on other people, rather myself. I should be my most harsh judge in life. And flushing out evil from my heart is not easy because of my tendency to slip out of the spirit and back into the flesh. Like Paul says in Romans 7, I do the things I hate to do, and the things that I want to do, these things I don't do. He struggled with the same thing. And then he goes on in chapter 8 to declare the victory in Christ. This morning, I remembered the garbage can needed to be taken out to the street because today is garbage day. And I got in a hurry, and I took the garbage out of the house and put it in the garbage can. Then I went on my way without taking the thing out to the street. And later, when I was mowing my yard... I saw the garbage truck in front of my house, and I ran out, and I put the garbage can out, knowing that I had just missed him, but thinking maybe he would pick it up when he came back on the other side of the street. Slim chance, and I just sat there and reminded myself what an idiot I am. 
because I even have an alert on my phone. Don't forget to take the garbage out. And it's like, man, I missed it. Now I have to tell my wife. And after I finished mowing the yard, I walked out and I saw the garbage truck backing up in this weird way. And I looked as it drove off and I saw my garbage can lying on its side with the opening toward me and the lid open. It was empty. The guy had made a special effort to dump my trash. And it should be noted that I cannot recall ever finding the garbage can tipped over in the 20 years that I've lived at the house. And when I saw that lid open and the empty garbage, I realized again that all that negativity that was bouncing around my head this day, and I don't know why, but when I mow my yard, it just goes nuts, was totally in the flesh. And I felt stupid, but God was with me and he had mercy on me once again and reminded me of Romans 2, 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? And right there, I'm like, God, I'm sorry. And the way that the garbage can was laying, it's like God just said, look at what I can do, Todd. I can pick up your garbage for you when you screw up. It's like, man, God is good. Knowing Jesus is more than just being granted salvation. It's a practical way of life. And that's something that the people in Matthew chapter 7, they didn't get it. Because we're like children who constantly need our parents watching over us. We may not think so, but we really do because our Father sees life from a true perspective. And that's the spiritual realm as well as the natural combined with the thoughts and deeds of people done in secret we don't even know about. He sees a good perspective. He says, don't do that. Or he says, do this. It's like, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does when you're looking at it from God's perspective. In other words, he knows everything. He's omniscient, and he knows what's best for us, and his word is filled with verses about obeying him, not so we can be little robots, rather that we can be walking in his shadow and being safely navigated through the dark days that this world forces upon us. And we can do it in righteousness with the Holy Spirit empowering us. Proverbs 21, 2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifices. So God looks upon our hearts, and he wants us to do what's right and just. So how are you doing in this area? Think about it. Do you really know Jesus and trust him? So revisiting the two characteristics that define workers of iniquity in Psalm 28, and realizing we're no better than they are, but the difference is we know the Lord, and through him we have victory over these things. But the two things defining their iniquity are speaking peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts and not regarding the works of God nor the work of his hands. So evil hearts, no regard for God. Now let's apply those two characteristics, and obviously there are more, but let's apply them to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So the first thing to knowing Jesus is to do the will of the Father. How can we know the will of the Father? Easy. Read the word and obey it. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. So these people in Matthew 7 apparently thought that they would be exalted in the day of judgment, but rather they found themselves condemned. Why? They didn't know Jesus. And if we don't know Jesus, how can we discern and do the will of the Father? It doesn't work. Second thing, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? They were counting on their works, not the grace of God to save them. In Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. We are saved by knowing Jesus and accepting this new life of salvation, which he distributes freely to all who seek him. We're not saved by what we do for God. 
But we can bless God by doing what he commands us to do, absolutely. But salvation comes freely to those who believe or know him, know by experience. Verse 23, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness or workers of iniquity. So they had evil hearts and no regard for God, but they put on a good show. That's pretty sad. If you have Bible study resources, look up the word iniquity in the King James Version. It's easier because that was a word used commonly there. And you can find over 250 verses where the word is used. And see how God has warned us over and over about the dangers of having a heart of iniquity. In Titus 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness or iniquity, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort, and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. So Paul is instructing his young friend Titus, a pastor, this is what's happened. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. It's here. And not only that, it trains us. That grace of God trains us. That relationship with him, it trains us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, which we don't want to do. Naturally, that's where we go. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives, that's where we need to be. But we need to know Jesus first. We need to surrender to him be filled with his spirit. That's where it all begins. That's when this stuff is possible, and it begins to happen in our lives. And when it does, you will know it. And when you know it, you know this has happened, you will have no fear of Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Thank you.